Hello and welcome to the One More Mile podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harnish, and joining me today is my short-term co-host, Hanak Getz. How you doing, Hanak? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. You know, I uh, had some, threw my back on a ride last week, but that uh, seems to be slowly improving, so that's good. How old are you? I'm old. Too old. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It, you know, I've thrown out my back a number of times, and, and it only started happening probably in my mid-30s. So it was like, since then, it's like it happens on a regular basis, which is pretty annoying. Uh, but yeah, been there. Been yeah, there, done yeah. that. All right. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about of all other things, the Tour de France, we're going to kind of wrap up the discussion from last time and talk about the highs, the lows of the race, uh, things that we might want to look forward to. Going to be talking about the Vuelta a España, also coming up, the final Grand Tour of the year. And, of course, we're going to be talking about the fall because this is the time of year when we start thinking about the fall races, if you're a cyclist, you're into cyclocross. If you're like me, I look forward to kind of the trail running uh, scene here and, and perhaps doing some of the trail running races. But there's a lot of stuff going on in the fall, so we're going to be talking about as, that as well. But I want to remind everybody that everybody has choices and the products that they purchase. Uh, we'd like to highlight Rudy Project. And Rudy Project's been a long-term supporter of mine, but they're also a supporter of the podcast, and they will be featured on the next podcast because we'll be talking to their director of marketing, Simone Cordry-Cotter. She's going to be coming on and talking about the company uh, as well as the product. This is really going to kick off a series for us where we're going to be talking about industry leaders and, and just so you're not thinking we're only going to highlight sponsors or supporters that I've had. Uh, we're, we're really going to try to talk with a lot of different companies out there in different aspects of endurance sports. So I think you're going to enjoy that. But until then, we are going to get back to the endurance discussion. But before we get there, uh, again, I had to wrap up the show without Hanak last time. Uh, as I mentioned before, my email in Canada sucked. Um, and it's nothing against Canadians. They're very nice people. Uh, I, had a, I had a very nice visit up there. But, uh, but, but yeah, we were staying in a very rural area. And they do Wi-Fi via like uh, – or, or sorry, they do the Internet via Wi-Fi. So, so it's like from a cell tower. And they don't always have the strongest signal, so – had to go into town to get stuff done, and, and, and so it's really hard when you're on vacation. Um, but, uh, but we had the Tour de France. That wrapped up. I don't think anybody is going to be disappointed to learn that Garrett Thomas won the Tour de France, uh, and Chris Froome did not. Uh, so, so what are you thinking? Because we, we didn't get a chance to talk about this. What are you thinking about the Tour were you happy with the tour? Were you uh, happy maybe Froome didn't win? I, I, I think I noted the answer to that one. Um, but what do you think about the tour in general? Yeah, I mean, so on the one hand, I was, I was you know, to be honest, I was happy that uh, Froome didn't win. I was getting a little, uh, a little sick of him. Uh, so on the one hand, that was good. And, and Thomas, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people say that he's a genuinely good, good person and, you know, kind of 
deserves after all his work slaving away in the trenches for, for Sky for all these years to kind of finally get a big win. Um, so that's, that's the, the positive side. We'll lead with the positive. The negative, though, is it was still Team Sky strangling the tort, pretty much suffocating it to death, um, more or less. A little bit less than in previous years, perhaps, you might say, uh, but perhaps not with two out of three on the podium. So um, uh, it was a good tour. It was exciting. There was a lot of excitement all the way you know, to, the final, to, to the final TT of who's going to be on the podium, not who was going to win. That was pretty much decided you know, in the last two or three mountain stages. Um, so it was, it was, as a, you know, spectator, it was pretty good, obviously, with the cobbles. Um, but at the end of the day, it was still a little too much sky suffocation going on for me, for my taste. Um, so, there were so, some... so I get the hint that you're not a Team Sky fan. Well, I mean, I'm not a Team Sky fan, but also I think... Putting that aside, I think it's, you know, as, uh, you don't want to see, you know, you don't want, you don't want to see the same team winning over and over because it, it becomes, it becomes, uh, you know, very boring. And in fact, I heard a couple, uh, I heard a quote actually from Ian Boswell, which might shed some light on this. Um, obviously he wasn't, you know, going for GC personally, but there was one stage, I think it was that short stage, um, the, you know, the, the, the grids, the 60 kilometer stage where he was like, yeah. Uh, saying that oh, he, initially he was like, you know, maybe I'll try to get into a break, you know, just to see what happens. And then he was like, in his own mind, he was recounting this, you know. Then he was like, nah, why should I waste energy going to, into a break? All is going to happen. This guy's going to put six guys in the front and, and, and bring everybody back. So what's the point? So it's not just me, but even pros that are actually in the tour are, you know, kind of racing more defensively and not as aggressively because – they're kind of afraid of Team Sky. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting that you say that because uh, just the well, not not even just last year, but last few years, there there was this big talk about power meters and how power meters are ruining this sport, uh, and everybody looks at their power meter. Um, but I get the sense it's not really a power meter issue, and 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 I don't. I don't know who's looking at their power meters. I'm certain that, you know, Team Sky uh, has a lot of data on their riders and they are monitoring that. Um, but but you bring up the good point that that there is one team. Um, you, you know, it's U.S. Pulse. I, I mean, Team Sky. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> hey, it brings back memories. Right. And <laughs> um, but, but they didn't have power meters really on their bikes like that much until – kind of later on but but uh but yeah i mean you bring up this point of of the you know the team dominance and this is really i i think always been an issue um on and off in the sport of cycling whenever you've had kind of these dynasties and 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 you could probably go back to uh you know to mercs you could go back to uh you know perhaps uh you know you know uh probably lesser, but in Durain for sure. I, I mean, Team Benesto um, did pretty much the same thing, not at this level, but it was really U.S. Postal, and now it's Team Sky has kind of taken that out of the playbook. Uh, and and it really does, I think it really ta- takes a lot of the wind out of the sails. And so when you're hearing pro riders talk about that, 
that's problematic because that really gets at the heart of why people are disappointed. If it's not so much that there's a team that's dominated, it's if you are a rider and you honestly believe there's no point in even getting in a break to try to win when you're not a GC threat because this team will chase you down. Yeah, that makes for very boring racing. And, and, and I think it's problematic and, and, you, you know, not surprisingly, this issue has come up again and again, it comes down to money, you know, yeah, team I mean, clearly, yeah. It, even putting, you know, all the, uh, nefarious things that various people say and putting it all aside, assuming it's all above ground really, yeah, it does come down to the money, right? Because when they have a budget, that's literally double of some other teams, they could, you know, they could put four or five guys that could legitimately be leading a team and, and they're just kind of going to go up and, and, and throttle the race. Yeah. 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 And I think that, 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 that really gets at the heart of it. And again, I, I, I think it is important because one of the problems with the team sky discussion is that it always devolves into, you know, the Jiffy bag and, you know, Wigo and, and, and uh, Fruman is an inhaler, and right. it's just like you. But but you're missing the point. You're we 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 don't know if they have some some kind of U.S. Postal Service level program. What we do know they have is money, and you, you know that that level of money. Uh, being in the field of study that I am in, and 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 I think that there is a lot of good exercise science out there um, that that supports what they do, but. Being in that field and having that much money and being able to apply science the way they do, uh, both from a technology standpoint, a training standpoint, a monitoring and, and, and a chef and, and, and all this stuff. Um, and you mentioned that they have a budget that's twice as much as, as, as other teams. But we're not talking about other teams. We're talking about essentially equal teams, pro tour teams. You know, they're, they're, there's only, what, what, 18 of these teams – but when only one of them has this huge budget, and then you've got, I, I think, like BMC is what, what like thirty million. Um, I, I mean, ten million dollars buys you buy buys you a lot of results. And and what what I had heard, um, and I can't confirm this, but but when you look at their domestiques, uh, Walt Poles is making like one million euro a year. Right, okay. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, I heard when, that. I think Lawrence Tandem was uh, quoted as quoted as saying that that like how how could we compete when their domestique is making you know ten times more than probably making as much as as uh, Tom Dumoulin is making you know or or not as much but close to it right and 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 so that that level of money uh, you know you know will lead to a couple things uh, you know first of all you're 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 going to be able to buy top talent okay you're going to be able to buy the guys who are really good, who are guys that probably are realistic in, in, in saying that, you know what, I can't win the tour. I can't win the tour, um, but you know what, I'm in this sport. I can win a lot of other races, uh, and I want to make money, okay? And, and I want to have enough money so that when I retire, I don't have to worry about money, okay, am I going to go with this team that can pay me half as much? And, you know, I have this pipe dream about, 
you, you know, ride the Tour de France and I get like 10th one year? Right. Um, or, or do I want to make a solid living and be able to potentially win other races? And I, and I think that that is the other problem with the sport of cycling is there is a salary disparity uh, you know, from the standpoint that, that you need to make a living wage. And if you can make a really good living wage and have a chance to win other races, you're, you're going to do that. And I think that the Team Sky issue, again, it, it always comes down to, well, Team Sky just has more money. But Team Sky is the poster child of a lot of what is wrong with the sport of pro cycling. And, in, and instead of spending a lot of time bashing Team Sky, which, you know, sometimes they deserve um, because they can't seem to, to, you know, to get out of their own way, um, we, we need to really look inward and say, well, you know, yeah, but what is Team Sky telling us? Team Sky is telling us if, if you have enough money, you can dominate the sport. And take the flip side of that. You've got Quick Step. Okay, Team Quick Step. They've got um, a decent budget. They've got, I, I think, what, what, 55, 56 wins now this season. Uh, you, know, you know, I think as of today, like, like in the 50s. Right. It, th- they might not be there next year um, because they can't find a title sponsor. And, they, and they've already lost a bunch of their top guys. They, they, they had a phenomenal Tour de France. They didn't win GC, but they had a phenomenal Tour de France. They were the team in the Spring Classics. And they don't have a title sponsor. Well, right. I, what, I, I mean, if it, it used to be, well, you know, we got to win races. Um, if, if winning races can't get you a title sponsor that is going to put in a decent amount of money, what, what sport do you have? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely a huge problem. And the same thing could be said for, for in, in a sense, for uh, BMC, although they're nowhere near successful as Quick Step, but. They're one of the, they were one of the big power teams, and while they're, they were kind of saved by the bell, it's, you know, it's kind of like they're kind of going away, you know, in a sense, the, yeah. the, team, as, the team as it was. Um, and also, yeah, so they, they had a fair amount of success. I mean, Richie Port and Van Avermont had some nice, you know, some, definitely some good rides, and, uh, you know, they, they disappeared, or, you know, kind of disappearing. Uh, whereas Quickstep probably won't disappear, but, yeah, I mean, they are having trouble getting a, a, a title sponsor. Um, which is imagine if like the you know the Patriots said oh you know what we're not going to be around in 2020 we can we can't afford for the Yankees or be like oh, we're gone sorry no more New York Yankees next year <laughs> I mean I mean Quick Step is on that level of the New York yeah. Yankees or the or the you know the, the New England Patriots um, it, it is it's 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 a it's a huge problem it's a problem because on a lot of levels actually I mean one thing that Sky does very well that that really you see works well with other sports is like long-term planning and and being able to to nurture a young rider along without putting pressure on them to perform when they're you know 21 and giving them time to develop but if you need to if you don't know if you're going to be around next year you know you know you don't have you don't have time for that you need you win now or or you're not on my team you know that's that's one problem and that also in an indirect way can lead to you know doping because the the riders know they have to win today. They can't wait till tomorrow. They might they might not have a job, um, and uh, and it also leads to, to less fans because let, let's face it. I mean, a lot of fans in other sports, it's like a tradition in your family. You know, your whether it's American sports or whether it's you know uh, European soccer. You know, your your family 
roots for, you know, this team or that team, and you have the jersey, and you pass it on to your ch children. With, with cycling, there, none of that exists. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah I think you, you, you bring up a lot of really uh, good points, and I think that, that, that again, the, the sky dynamic really creates an issue uh, because we, we've, got, we've got the dominant team, but I, I, I have to wonder uh, if part of the problem isn't the Tour de France, though. Because Sky Sky's the only team that wins the Tour de France, um, but but I think it it, it really started. Well, well, I mean, it's always sort of been there, um, but it's never been as big of a problem. But I think it really started with U.S. Postal um, because the tour became the the entire season for the team, um, and so the entire success or failure of the season, it didn't matter what race they won it they needed to win the tour and um with team sky it's really built around the tour and i think that Froome, uh you know for better or for worse i think he does realize that it's like look, look at you know the team has to win the tour if i can't win the tour the team has to win the tour because if we don't win the tour we have the biggest budget and then we, it, it makes us look bad but also it's like well the tour has become such a force of nature in the sport of cycling that if you're not winning the tour, you suck. And, and especially, I think to 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 an American and probably to a same degree to to a British. In other words, the the teams that aren't, uh, I mean, not the the countries that aren't, you know, historically cycling countries. So so you know the U.S. and and I think that's why both Postal and Sky have that outlook because you know if you're Italian or Spanish or whatever, Belgium or Dutch, you know, there's even if you're not a diehard cycling fan, there's other races that you know about. But if you're an American, I'm assuming if you're a Brit uh, British, you know, if you're English, you don't know anything about the Tour of Flanders or, or you know, the, the, you know, the Tour of Italy. Right. So it's like that's, that's all you know about. So that's why Lance uh, was focused on the Tour like that. And, and to a similar degree, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's why Sky is, is pretty much so one-dimensional. Yeah. I, I mean, the... the if you look at the, you know, the TV time, you know, and again, um, not, not, not to go down a rabbit hole, but, uh, you know, the, the, the lack of profit sharing with, uh, you know, TV rights and, and, and all of that aside, um, Sky recognizes, and, and I mean, Sky is a major media company, but, but Sky recognizes the team um, that's a Tour de France Brings the most eyeballs. Okay, next to the World Cup, uh, you know, you know, it, it's still, you know, probably number two. You know, number three. It's still, it's still up there for viewership. Right. Uh, and so, if you are somebody who needs viewership, you, you, you need to be there. And it's not good enough to be on the podium. I mean, you have to be a winner uh, of that race. And and so, I mean, I, I, I think this kind of. Um, really brings us back to this whole point of, of, you know, how do you fix pro cycling? Right. Uh, you, you know, how do you fix the, the, you know, the doping issues? It's like, well, you know, you got to stop looking at these as, as an issue. Okay. It's not an issue. It's, it's the issues. It is, it is everything that is, is really interrelated. 
Uh, and until you come to that, and, and, and this is not my expertise, but I think it's, it's pretty widely known that until you are willing to look at the whole sport and, and how they all interact, all those factors, you're, you're not going to fix the sky problem and you won't fix the doping problem. Um, you know, it might be a cleaner sport, but it's, it, it's not a clean sport. And, and again, I'm, I, I'm definitely not going to rag on pro cycling because I, I think pro cycling is pretty damn clean um, relative to a lot of other sports, especially a, a American pro sports. Um, you know, I think the, the, the drug testing and the drug penalties in, in pro-American sports is a joke. But again, they're not Olympic sports. They're not under the purview of water or anything else. Um, but if you want to fix the doping problem, all that stuff, you've, you've got to really think about how this interacts. And, right, right. You know. But, well, the, the, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say that the, there were a couple of bright spots in this uh, tour that I just wanted to mention. Um, and inter interestingly enough, both of the Dutch teams, and it's, it's hard for me to, to, to understand why, but um, not not the traditional big, you know, not not Movistar, which is you know people think are you know is a really strong team, but both Dutch teams, you know, uh, Lotto Yumbo and and of course Sunweb pushed Sky, I believe, this year like they have never been pushed since 2012. I mean, they you know. In previous years, it was like a done deal. Scott, you know, the, the tour was done and dusted in the first week. You know, this year, you know, Dumoulin was, was up there until the very end. And I, might, I, and I think I haven't heard this discussed anywhere, but I think a, if a couple of the things had thought, ha, happened differently, I mean, if a lot of, um, a lot of the mountain stages at the end where, where Dumoulin was left on his own and had to really expend a lot of energy chasing and then you know thomas went around him and won the stage and got like 10 seconds here and 10 seconds here and 10 seconds there um was because steven um not sorry steven uh wilco kelderman crashed a few days before the tour and if had he not crashed and he and had he been in the tour i believe that there is a very very good chance that we would have i mean the, just that one guy the one extra guy in the tour might have actually changed everything. Um, you know, if, 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 um, you know, if there was one guy that, that, uh, could give, give him a little rest and he, and that would chase Thomas instead of, you know, Tom chasing Thomas every time, who knows, who knows the difference might've been, might've, that might've made a difference. That's, that's just one thing. And of course, you know, uh, you know, Lotto Yumbo with, with Kreisweg doing that, that long breakaway that ultimately didn't work. But I mean, it was the only, the only time that, that Sky was like, oh my God, this is, you know, it's like, this is like alarm bells. This, if we don't do, you know, do something here, we're going to lose the tour. I don't think that they've really been under pressure like that before. And then, of course, with, uh, you know, uh, Primus Ro Roglic, um, the re revelation, who, who knows, you know, he, now he knows, he doesn't even know if he can, you know, do a three-week tour. This was kind of his, like, test just to figure it out. He come back, comes back next year with a whole new level of confidence. We might, we might see a different situation next year, even with Sky having that huge budget. Those two Dutch teams really, really upped their game this year, and I think that they're only going to up it more, uh, you know, in 2019. At least that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. You know what? I, really good points. Uh, and I think that if we look at, uh, for Sunweb, uh, 
there and 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 really looking back at the tour, if you think about uh, bad luck, okay, Garrett right. Thomas has never had any luck in the tour until this year. Didn't didn't crash. Didn't have a major flat. I, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure if he flatted at all, but uh, but but no bad luck. Uh, you know, Tom Dumoulin. Two factors against him. He had he had that early. Uh, crash or, or or was it a flat um yeah the flat to... which was right right at the bottom of the i think the board de britannia where he lost like a minute right minute. so so he had the flat and then he chased back on and he got penalized 20 seconds clearly the 20 second penalty was worth it um i i've i've been in those situations i you know i've i i did enough races where we had a big caravan and it's like you 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 take the risks of pacing back on because if you don't get back on your race is over yeah you lose a um, lot more than 20 seconds right? yeah exactly yeah but but you know bad luck for him i again if if the time gaps are closer it it changes the sky plan i think sky had a very nice defensive buffer you know they could ride defensively not taking anything away from thomas i i i think his his race form was phenomenal but uh, you know, he proved that he was more explosive uh, right. than a lot of riders. But I think again for Dumoulin, that that Giro Tour double uh, was probably a bad idea. But again, his his plan was to focus on the Giro, and he came to the Tour. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty. I mean, who knows if he didn't do the Giro, maybe he would have crashed in a different race or, or he wouldn't have had as good a form. There, there are a lot of factors there not to consider, but I think it's, it's, it's going to make him think again, it's like, Hey, you know, how can I change my approach to the race? Uh, you know, for, for next year. And I think Froome as well. I mean, Froome talked, talked about how the Giro and the tour, um, you know, combined or doable, but, but I, I, I don't know, man. Um, I personally, don't think that the Giro Tour double is – it's not that it's not doable, but I think it's its so far an extreme at this point where the sport is. You know, you talk about how specific the sport is and, and, and um, we, you know, all of the very uh, specific sacrifices that you need to make to be able to show up to a race on good form. And if you go back all the way back to the last rider, you know, who, who was the last rider that did the Giro Tour double? It was uh, Pantani. It was Pantani. Pantani. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was Pantani. <laughs> you know, it's 1998. Um, I, I mean, we already know that he was, he, he was dope to the gills. So, you know, try, trying to say like, well, you know, the last rider to do it is Marco Pantani. Well, you know, did he really do it? Did he really? Um, you know, that, 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 that was a different era of cycling. All right, so l- let's get rid of Pantani. Who was the last person besides Pantani to do it? And I believe it was Miguel Indurain. And I think that the, there's, there's no shadow of a doubt that Indurain w- was also pretty well doped. Um, and, and I think that, that, that it's not talked about, but, but, it, but again, um, he was a dominant force in the mid '90s during the EPL area, and 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 so now we're we're like, okay, well, can the Giro Tour double be done in the modern era? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think it can be when you have guys that are so scientifically 
trained and focused to peak for a race and to show up to the tour like Thomas did. And then you're, you're, you're going to try to do a three-week race, win it, and then show up to the tour and win it against a guy who's fresh. I just, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. But, um, and I know I got us off a, li- a little bit on a sidetrack there, but, uh, but, but I definitely do agree. I think that, that, that those two teams were the most exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of hearing about the French, um, and the French riders yeah. who are going to do it this year, uh, you know, as GC riders, you know, I like Bardet. I think that, you know, when he's on form, he's, he's very interesting and explosive, but I don't, I don't think Bardet is the guy. He can't time trial. There's, there's no way that you're going to win a Tour de France in this day and age, um, unless it's some crazy, like, like maybe they come up with some crazy format where they get rid of all the time trials, <laughs> um, we, we, which is just stupid because, again, you're supposed to be an all-around rider. But, but again, um, you know, it, there, there's just no way. There, 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 there's no way that he's going to be able to take that much time because he's not that good of a climber. Um, so when you looked at this Tour de France and you say, all right, who are the guys that, that, that came out of this tour that I legitimately think are, are a real threat? Dumoulin is, is, is at the top of the list. I don't, I, I don't think that uh, that's a surprise to anybody. Right. Um, yeah, I think you'd be pretty stupid not to say, like, yeah, that, that guy's a good chance uh, for really two reasons. Number one, he can time trial. Um, and number two, well, I, actually three reasons. Number two, he can climb, okay? More like that enduring climbing. Right, right, um, exactly. But number three, and this is really, I think, the most important factor in, in both these Dutch teams, age. Okay? He's 26. Uh, I think, uh, wait, uh, uh, Krychek. Kruiswick, yeah. Kruiswick. Yeah. Um, Kruiswick, Roglic, uh, 26. Right, I believe right. all those guys are 26. Uh, that 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 gives them four years um, before they really hit their peak. And yeah, you you've got Bernal on Sky. That's their guy. He was super impressive. Um, I'm still waiting for the day where I see a Colombian who can time trial. Uh, so. You know, again, I, I think if anybody, if, if, if I had to pick any of the modern Colombians right now, Bernal's my guy to win the Tour de France. Quintana, I, I think he proved to me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that dude's never going to win the Tour de France. Okay? Yeah, it doesn't seem, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. It's very strange. Something always goes wrong with him. Well, and I, I mean, as, as a, a, a bike racer myself, um, I, 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 I can tell you, in my experience, you make your own luck, and he seems to make a lot of bad luck for himself. And it's like his propensity to crash. You might say, "Well, yeah, it's bad luck." It, no, it's not. Okay, in my experience, if you're crashing all the time, uh, it, it's your fault. You know, it, it's not always your fault, but it's your fault because you're you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And if if somebody is consistently always caught behind a crash in a crash. Um, <laughs> banged up, you know, Quintana's a tough guy, but you can't recover from that. You can't, you can't crash and lose three and a half minutes in this era and take that back as a climber. Okay. Right, because right. 
the, the quote-unquote non-climbers, Garrett Thomas, Tom Dumoulin, they're, they're really good climbers, you know? Right, exactly. You just, you just don't see it anymore where you can, you can take back that time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think going in the next year's tour, I think it's going to be interesting. But ultimately, I think that teams have to be willing to lose the Tour de France in order to win it. And I think that that is not where we're at yet. Lotto Yumbo, uh, you know, sort of showed that a little bit this year. But, but you, you've got to be able to say like, okay, I'm going to work with another team. I'm going to try to really break that sky stranglehold. Um, you, you know, if you don't have the budget, okay, right, that, exactly. that's the type of racing that you're going to have to do um, to be able to do that. Uh, Sunweb, I think that, that you, you know, you're partly right there. Uh, you, you know, Sunweb definitely needs a stronger team. Uh, you, you know, Dumoulin isolated way too much. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, no question. It, you can't be the last guy um, there, you, you know, when Sky has four. Right, you know, it's right. Just, it's just not going to work out, so. Yeah. Um, I'm, pretty sure that's, I'm pretty sure Sun's Sunweb, you know, now they, they know for sure that Dumoulin could win. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're going to really... You know, I haven't seen any news about signings, but I'm 100% sure that there's going to be some big climber that's going to be signed to Sunweb over the winter. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, besides kind of the, the, you know, I think the general outcome of the tour, uh, you know, for me, what, what I saw was, was, was an interesting tour. Yeah, it was a sky show again, um, but I did see a lot of, of you know, dynamic excitement in the stages. Uh, you know, you were kind of waiting to see what happened. Uh, the last stage, or I say the second to last stage, time trial stage. Uh, you know, I think you you saw, you know, pretty much the guys that that you thought would perform well perform well. I think Roglic. You know, we 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 could say maybe he worked too hard in the previous stage. Whatever, I think that he did a great race, and I think that he he he's going to come away, uh, you know, with a lot of of uh, confidence. But really, he's going to come away with thoughts on what he can do to be better. You know, oh what, yeah, what and, and who can. knows? I mean, he might he might he might be you know he might become the boring guy that that focuses whole his whole effort on the tour, but that might you know get him some. You know, this year I don't think he did focus his whole season on the tour because he wasn't even sure he could he could do a good tour. Yeah. Now that he knows he could, next year he's going probably I'm assuming put all his eggs in the tour basket and and hopefully see see some uh, results out of that. Yeah. All right. So tour's wrapped. All right. Yep. Uh, last big Grand Tour coming up, Welta, uh, and we don't have the usual suspects there. Uh, you know, and not to, to I, I think it was cyclingnews.com, but not to quote them, but, 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 but there is a power vacuum. There's no room. There's no contador. There's no uh, rider who has won the Vuelta well, um, coming into it that, that, that is ready to win it, you, you know, so to speak. You know, hasn't um, uh, <laughs> talked talk about Quintana not winning the tour. Hasn't he won the Vuelta in the past? He has. Uh, I think you, you'd yeah. have to put him up there with, uh, assuming he's healed from his in, from his crash. Uh, I, I, I think you'd have to put him up there as one of the, the five star favorites. Yeah, wouldn't you? I, th- I, I th- 
Yeah, I think Quintana, uh, you know, I, I feel good about him as a Volta winner and, and, and uh, you know, a little bit less so as a Giro winner. Because <laughs> no, he's won the Giro too. But, uh, but yeah, I think the Vuelta is, is a race that is very well suited to him. Um, you know, as a great climber, as a, a you know, an explosive rider. And, and, and really, the Vuelta doesn't carry the same pressure. Uh, right. You know, so, so, so going into it, Quintana there, uh, it, you know, it, it would be nice to see, uh, 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 see Vicenzo, um, you know, do a good race. And, in, in, you know, it was very disappointing to see him knocked out of the tour. Uh, but I think that, that again, he's looking for more of a stage win. Uh, but but I, I think going into the Walta week three, we could see potentially another, wait, what was it, 20, 2016, 2017 Giro. Um, you, you know, kind of I think that, that, that third week is really going to be interesting uh, for the guys that are short on form. You know, Port is another guy, right. kind of exactly. unknown form, and uh, you know we're not sure where he's going to be uh, in the race. But the third week could right. be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, you would say on paper Nibali should be the favorite, but yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, c- coming off a pretty serious injury, so it's hard to know how much train, how much training he's really had in the last three to four, three week, three weeks to a month or so. And he, you know, and same thing goes with Port. His injury was not as serious, but we just don't know how 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 long he was off the bike and what kind of training he's done. Yeah, those are big big question marks. Um, and then the same thing could be said with uh, with um, uh, Rigoberto Oran, right? I mean, again, he he crashed out of the tour, but it wasn't such a bad crash, and he was probably just needed needed a week off the bike. So in theory. He should be up there, but I don't know if he has enough of a track record to be, really be called a favorite. Yeah, I think Iran is is. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not putting any money on Iran. No, um, no, you know, I think he's he's. Uh, yeah, you know, I will put some money down. I think Iran will pick up a stage. Um, you know, you know, I think that that if I had to, uh, well, you know, you know what, if I had to pick. A guy, as far as kind of like my my, uh, you know, the guy that I'd like to see to win, and the guy that I think that that will win, I'll go on a limb. I'm going to say Richie Port. Um, I think that he's he's going to have uh, good form. I think going into the third week, uh, you know, I could eat these words pretty soon, um, okay. but I think re, you know, you know, and I'm going to just just go with kind of the the heartfelt bet on Richie Port. I do, uh, or I would not be surprised if Nibali is up there or if he manages to do, again, a, another three-week coup. But I want to pick Port just because, man, the guy needs to win a three-week tour. And I think if Port doesn't do it, I know he's got a new contract for next year, but I think if Port doesn't win and win this Walta, uh, I don't see him winning a three-week race. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would agree with that, although – and also because yeah, he's not he's he's thirty three I, I believe so yeah it's not like he has that that much more time left um, but I'm gonna pick I'm still I'm still gonna I'm gonna go with Quintana as my pick I just think he has he has all the tools and and his crash 
you know, he got through, he finished the tour, even though he finished, you know, kind of on a pretty banged up. So he has the form of the tour, you know, uh, in his legs. And if, so if he was able to recover with the less pre- being on the Spanish team and less pressure, I still think, I think Quintana is going to win. The other interesting question marks that, that guys that really need, need to kind of redeem their season in a sense is uh, Fabio Aru, of course, a past winner who had a disastrous season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. And um, Simon Yates, of course, who had a phenomenal first two weeks of, of the Giro and then exploded. It'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. So those are kind of two big question marks, those two guys. What about Adam Yates? Well, the, officially the team is saying that Adam's going to support Simon. So if you believe what they're saying, or they could just be pu- putting up a smokescreen. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's what the team is saying officially. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think from a preparation standpoint, Simon has uh, potentially the better preparation. He's had the Giro. He's had the break. And he's had the racing to go into that race, uh, you know, prepared. I, I don't know. I'm 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 still looking to that Giro, and I'm and I'm thinking that you know first and foremost, I don't think he's going to have that Giro form, um, but I don't know if he's ready. Uh, but again, interesting to see how both those riders do, and 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 again, I think one of those riders really has to be on the podium. You know, they don't have to win, but I think they have to be on the podium. They they've got to prove that they can go. The long haul, because again, they're 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 what like twenty six now. Too. I think yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're 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 up with the Roglic and 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 you know the Dumoulin, and and they've got to start to show that they can go the long haul in the three week races. Although in 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 everybody's defense, Garrett Thomas <laughs> didn't right. prove it until this year, um, and he won the Tour. So in all, in all fairness to them, but. Uh, but but uh, two uh, two guys um, that well one guy that you did not mention Valverde um, won't win the Volta. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I didn't mention him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but the other guy that you did mention, Aru, man, he's he he's not going to win the Volta. Um, I'll tell you right now. And uh, I don't know, like. But I, I I think with him though, the same thing as Yates. He doesn't have to win the Volta, but he has to. He has to. He has to podium, or, or, or and I don't think his contract's up. It's not like he's going to retire if he doesn't podium. But no. he's he hasn't really had any good results since you know he last won the Vuelta, which was what two years ago or three years ago at this point. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, years, he you know he a long he wore time. The yellow, yeah, yeah. I mean, last year he started the Tour fantastic. He actually took the yellow jersey off Chris Froome's shoulders, but then he completely flamed out. Yeah, and has kind of been and a big flame out since since the last thirteen months. <laughs> yeah, he and he was a guy. I I um I forget who his teammate was, man. But his uh, his teammate like ha- had some re- really really uh, interestingly disparaging comment about his ability to position himself as a bike race because they they they, they were on that finish climb and and a roof <laughs> to be like nowhere near the front and and that's actually how he uh he, you know lost his yellow jersey but but uh no I think Aru's going to come around I I think he'll pick up a stage but uh but yeah he's he he's not going to be a GC factor um you know I think it's safe to say for podium Quintana um I'm still going to go with Port and and I I I think one of the Yates is going to be up there 
Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 so, can't disagree with that. Yeah. 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 So what about Sagan? All right. Uh, you know, is Sagan uh, going to pick up like, 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 like 13 stages or something, or is he going to uh, have a pretty quiet race? Interesting. Um, and then I guess that I'm not, I, I guess with, you know, with these guys, with the Volta, like guys like Sagan, you don't even know if they're going to, if they're going to finish. I remember like a few years ago, um, what's his name? The, Fab, um, the guy that was on Trek, the, the one pair of Bay and all that stuff. Um, Degenkolb? No, no, no. The uh, Swiss rider, uh, oh, Fabian Cancellara. Yeah. Like he, he went there just training for Worlds, and he, you know, he went for like ten days, and he just pulled out because that was all he needed for his training. So guys like um, uh, Sagan might be following a similar program, just going to get some intensity in for a week or two, and then just, you know, just call it a day. Um, so we just don't know what Sagan is going for, um, but he certainly could win a lot of stages. Yeah, he could. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if he won 10 stages, not beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially at the Volta. Right, um, exactly. For sure. Uh, all right, so so one last rider, though, that, that we didn't mention. Uh, you know, probably not going to be a GC contender uh, uh, per se, but he is an American. Uh, Sepp Kuss just came off uh, a phenomenal win at Tour Utah. I re- just... Just phenomenally impressive. Um, I, I, I have to say, and I, I, I actually don't follow domestic racing, and I've, I've been, uh, you, you know, followed uh, his career too much. But really impressive rider to come into the race to dominate in that fashion, and, and really to dominate against guys that uh, you know showed up and 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 looked like they were going to dominate. You know, T.J. Van Garderen, um, always a flame out. You know, he never... Yeah, no surprise there. <laughs> yeah, he... I mean, I want to like TJ, but um, he never seems to disappoint me with his flameouts. You know, I mean, it's just like he was nowhere to be seen. I I, I don't know if he's running down the season or, or, or what, but... Um, yeah, I think in retrospect, I know on the first climbing stage, because obviously he was in the yellow or whatever, the leader's jersey on the first stage because he won the TT... And I, I actually watched a lot of that race. And um, on the first climbing stage, uh, they showed you know, when it was all blowing apart, Bookwalter was was pulling um, TJ. And in retrospect, Bookwalter ended up finishing fourth. Had he not been riding in the service of TJ, you know, there's a good chance Bookwalter might have uh, podiumed. So yeah. there's that. That's just a side note. Um, but I think more impressive than, than Kuss beating TJ Legitimately speaking, is EF EF trio of Michael Woods, Jordan Browski, and Hugh Carthy. They all seem to be in really, really good form, and they're all legitimate climbers. Not like you know, not TJ, and he just blew them out of the water. I mean, that yeah. was really surprising. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's a really great point um, because Woods has had a, a a great season. He had a solid Giro, and to to just see. Um, just see how strong he was, how, 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 how easy it was for him to control the race. Uh, really, really impressive. Again, it's, it's, he, he's still young. I think he's, uh, he's, he, he's under 26. He's, um, yeah, I believe he's 23, I think. Yeah, 23, 24, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, so still really young. Uh, really interesting prospect, 
and and I think he goes into the Giro. I I don't. The Volta. Or, or, or sorry, yeah, the uh, you know Volta. Um, I don't I don't see him winning a stage. I do see him spending uh, at least a few stages off the front, and I think he's going to do well. And 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 certainly, if there is a lot of Yumbo rider in the mix at that race, I I think he's going to be a very good helper. Uh, from that standpoint, his climbing is definitely on par, and I think the vol- the uh, yeah the Vuelta will suit his his uh, you know his riding and his climbing style really well. So yeah, yeah, I, I hope one one kind of th- I was very impressive, and obviously like that that team is known for developing young talent, not kind of pushing them too hard and managing their talents well. Um, so so hopefully you know, and obviously as as we're, as Americans, we're all we're all waiting for the next. You know, we haven't had much uh, much on the Euro scene lately. But one thing that I find interesting, and I don't, I don't. This is more of a question: is uh, comparing the Tour of Utah and 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 um, saying that that will lead to European success. In theory, it should, um, especially you know because there were legitimate World Tour riders there. Um, it wasn't like just like the Tour of the Gila or something. But we've seen. Ouch. No, no, no. Man. I mean, you don't have World Tour teams as a Tour of no, the Gila. I know. What, you know, yeah. I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Tour of the Gila. It's a fantastic race. But, you know, he wasn't just racing against Jelly Belly. I mean, he was racing yeah. against – and again, nothing against Jelly Belly. They're a phenomenal <laughs> You're team taking yourself a, a hole here. Okay, I'm out of this hole. Forget it. It was a great ride. But yeah. we have seen in the past both Joe Dombrowski and Lachlan Morton just light up Tour of Utah, kind of like Septa this year. And, and Joe Dombrowski has had a fair amount of success in Europe, but Lachlan Morton kind of, you know, that, that got him the contract, and he has done absolutely nothing in Europe, So, yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty surprising. So I don't know, you know, I mean, hopefully, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, oh, well, Lachlan Morton was such a failure in Europe, so Sepkos will be, but I'm wondering if there's something, maybe because it's such high altitude, you know, the European races don't go to the altitude, if that, you know, I'm just hoping that we don't see the same thing with Seb Kuss, where it doesn't translate on, on in the World Tour races. Yeah, you know, you know unfortunately, uh, this is a case where you can say, you know, uh, uh, the correlation doesn't equal causation. Unfortunately, we've got correlations that go both ways. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, well, the correlation um, here is, you know, you might have this guy who, who went on to success here, you know, from this race or, you know, whatever else. Um, but, but I think that it is right, uh, you know, and I think that in Sepp's case, he has had no results. Um, you, you know, to really speak of, he's had some good rides, but he hasn't really had any results this year, uh, you know, per se in big races until now. And... Uh, you know, I do think that that the Tour of Utah field was pretty light, and, and and I think when you're taking a rider who's been racing in Europe and he's fresh and he's coming back, uh, you, you know, I think that that was part of it. And and so yeah, I I, I think it's like well, you know, if we think that this is going to be the, our next Tour de France winner, um, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. But I, I think coming out of the Tour of Utah, how well he was climbing, I'm I'm interested. Okay, oh, sure. now yeah. I want to watch Walton. and I want to say, where where is Kuss? Where where is he finishing on the climbs? How you know how is he climbing? Because I think that's going to say a lot about how it translates. 
I, but I, but I totally agree. I mean, I think Dombrowski, um, you know, Morton, uh, TJ, you, you know, these are all guys that have won that race, and and it's also like, well, you know, what are they doing now? Um, yeah, yeah. But in his defense, though, I mean, he's you know he's coming in. He's he's still really young, and uh, he really doesn't have a lot of experience. So it it, it it's interesting. Or it will be interesting to see how he develops over the oh, next. Oh, it'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm not even talking about winning any Grand Tours. I mean, if he just, if this translates into, in, translates into just being a legitimate, you know, respected World Tour rider that, that can even just win stages, even not winning a Grand yeah. Tour, that would still be a success in my, you know, in my mind. Yeah, and that's what we need. I, I mean, American riders have been, you know, more or less kind of disappointing. Um, you know, I do think it's interesting though, if, if you look at his background and, and I've kind of been talking about this before the show, um, he, he comes into pro cycling a lot like Roglic, you know, so it's like this, 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 no background in road racing and in a span of, 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 of just a few short years, you're at the pro tour level. Um, and, and, and. and a name that we just mentioned before, Michael Woods, the same story. Yeah. And, and in Seth's case, uh, not a junior background in America. And, and I think we're going to revisit this issue uh, in a later podcast. But I, I, I do think that the, the idea of junior development in the United States, and, and it's been stated before, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not coming up with this, but it, we, we really have more of a collegiate development. Okay, and Phil Gaiman didn't 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 go quite so far at the pro tour level, but another example of a rider who w- was not really a junior rider. He started racing in college, and then he made it to the pro tour level. And 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 you and you see this. You see guys that are former runners. I think Woods is a former runner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Boucher was a former runner. I, uh, you know, so, so guys that aren't juniors in the U S and, and I think it's, it's gotta make us start thinking, um, you know, about how we want to develop riders and, and, and how we want to try to identify riders and, in in talents and, in, uh, and again, we've talked a lot about cycling, but this goes way beyond cycling because I, I, I see the same thing in triathlon and I dread, uh, uh, the triathlon development that I see, uh, because, there are, you know, thousands of kids, thousands of kids that are going into triathlon, and, and you'll get a club that's like, you, we've produced five national champions, and it's just like, how many kids have come through your program? Okay, if I buy enough lottery tickets, <laughs> I am going to win the lottery, okay? But have I won back my money? And, right, right. And, and, and so it really goes back to this development standpoint. I think that, that it's, it, it's definitely a conversation I want to come back to because, um, you know, Sepp Kuss is, is, is a good example of, hey, you know, he hasn't been racing that long and, and he's at the top level. So I think that there are things that we can, we, we can really do. It's interesting because, I mean, on the one hand, there is that. And, um, uh, but on the other hand, you know, the, the program that's, that's the most successful in the last you know, decade or so is his team sky, which in it, which to a greater degree is British cycling. And they, they do like the, the junior development. They are nurturing, you know, these, these kids, you know, Garen Thomas and, and, um, 
Dan Martin and, and Wiggins and all the not so much Froom, but all the, but these other riders that were in the program since they were teenagers. So so I don't know. It's like a t- it's like a tough one. And the well, other- again, and I I I think that we are comparing very different approaches, very different support systems, very different talent identification, um, very, very different social structures. And it's, it's, it's very easy to, you know, come up with simple conclusions. And, and I'll give you a, 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 probably a more uh, clean-cut example. Kenyan runners. Yeah, you, know, they're, right, right. you know, that person's Kenyan. They're going to be a great <laughs> runner. You do realize that, like, 90% of all great Kenyan runners come from about, like, 15% of the Kenyan population. You, you do, 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 do you not realize that? Oh, no, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, so, and then if you look at, at, at the structure of their, their, their society, um, you know, and I mentioned, well, you know, the typical Kenyan child, they, they run somewhere between 5 and 20K a day. Uh, oh, wow, they're training. No, they're not training. They're, they're running with books to school because they, they have no they have no transportation and so it's very easy to make make um you, you know simple conclusions um but i think that 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 we can learn a lot from you know perhaps like the sky system and the british cycling development and australian cycling um we we don't do that in america and, and right right and i'm not really part of uh you know the u.s cycling kind of structure anymore um but but I, I can tell you that I'm, I'm pretty sure not a lot has changed per se since, since when I was racing. And, and um, cer- certainly things have changed incrementally since I was a junior. Uh, but we are, are, are a country of talent identification um, to the point where we only support the most talented riders at the time. And, and in my opinion, from from my own experience working with juniors, uh, that's the wrong approach because juniors are hard to predict as far as who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. Um, and I think that there, there there is a lot that goes into the whole kind of development experience that uh, is definitely complex. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. And, and he, even from the European, uh, you know, perspective, um, try trying to try and think here. Uh, 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 what's his name? The oh, man, who's the Belgian, the Belgian guy um, on BMC? Oven Avermaet. Yeah. So um, he he actually talks about he he he's a national caliber soccer player. Okay, and he talks about how he he was he he played soccer and then. You know, somewhere around like the age of like fifteen or sixteen, he he decided he was going to focus on cycling. Um, so 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 you have this all around athletic ability. Um, you, you know, and soccer and cycling are not anything alike. But you see a lot of European cyclists that have a soccer background. Uh, so 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 there 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 is that general athleticism that that comes into play. Um, and so if we're talking about, uh, you, you know, developing junior talent, it's really about developing athletic talent and not developing specialization. And, and that, I think, is the key difference between America and, and almost every other country is that we, we try to specialize children. 
Um, there are other countries that specialize, but but it's it's kind of out of necessity. Again, if we go to, you know, so like Kenya, um, yeah, they, they they tend to specialize in running, but they, they don't have a lot of resources. So you, you're not going to tend to specialize in, in in things that that you you can't support. Um, I, I mean, I guess America produces a lot of good basketball players, um, but there are a lot of kids poor kids that, that are growing up playing basketball because, you know, they got a court down the street and they got a ball. Um, so, so, so if you look at overall development, though, it's, it's really about athletic talent. And I, I just, I really feel like we, we, we can develop talent, um, you, you know, at an earlier age, but we can't really develop like sp- specific athletes because uh, a lot of times they burn out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, because cycling is such an intense lifestyle, not just a sport. I mean, as far as being a successful pro. Yeah. um, You know, you really have to kind of be devoted to it 24 hours a day, uh, almost almost year-round. You know, maybe you could have a couple weeks of fun between uh, the beginning of November or something. But uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's it's just so so intense uh, that it's very, very difficult, especially for, for a young person. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, you, you know, we've kind of spent a lot of time ju- just yeah. talking about racing, but, but it is the fall, you know, and, and, and so what I think I'd, I'd like to do is, uh, you know, kind of find out, uh, you know, what you're doing and talk a little bit about what I'm doing, but, uh, but, but, but really talk about, you know, this is mid August, you know, what, what are, what are we supposed to be doing or what, what might, might we want to be doing, uh, you know, training wise or, um, you know, I'd love to hear from people, uh, you, you know, if people want to send us an email, uh, you know, again, uh, go, uh, go one mm at gmail.com. You can, you can send us an email. Um, but, but, but definitely email us and, and let us know what you're doing for training. But, uh, Hanak, what are you doing for training? Like what, uh, what's your season been like? What, 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 what have you done this summer and, and kind of what are you you know, kind of looking at for the fall? Um, I may, I mean, I just do some local, local bike racing, nothing major. So, uh, there's still a bit of that going on. Um, so I'm still kind of, uh, in, in the, in the mode of, you know, just doing heavy, still heavy rotation of intervals and trying to really be at the top, top of my game, probably for another few weeks. There are still, still some races in September. Um, after that, I'm, I'm not really sure. I might uh, do some gravel races, which that would that would take me into October, or I might kind of in the middle, you know, of September, be like just kind of go into fun mode and, and uh, do a lot more mountain biking, which I do do just for fun, but I don't uh, do that much in the summer because I uh, want, I tend to do a lot more focused than you know specific type of training um, on the road bike. So. Uh, that's kind of still up in the air. Usually in October, I mean, it's really living in, in we both live, well, I live more than Northeast, but you're in the Mid-Atlantic. It's the same type of weather. In my mind, October is probably the mo- the best time of the year weather-wise to, to ride. You know, it's still warm outside. You can still get out in a jersey and, and, and you know, a pair of bibs or maybe some arm and knee warmers, but that's it. And it's still beautiful outside. But there's, you know, not really any races, so you can kind of just go out and do do whatever you want to have have a nice ride and not worry about your numbers, your power meter, and stuff like that. So um, I guess that's this kind of a long-winded answer. Um, 
I don't I don't race cross personally, so so that's you know that's for me a lot of a lot of people I, that I know do race cross. So of course, that they'll be banging their head against the wall and doing a lot of intensity because obviously that's just ramping up now and goes through you know Christmas or something like that, depending on exactly where you are in the country. So so what uh, uh, what kind of gravel races do you do up there? Um, I haven't actually done any, so but I'm thinking of doing a couple this year. I mean, I did one. I did the Iron Cross a couple of years ago, which is this long, uh, 70 mile. It's called Cross, but it's really a gravel race down in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I've done um, it. Oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I actually, my uh, and I, he's he's uh, well, he's by, uh, he was on the ESP podcast, um, but but one of my old teammates, uh, Mike Coon. Is, Mike Coon, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So. So uh, he invited me up uh, a few years ago. I went. I, I was sponsored by Blue Ridge Outdoors magazine, and and so um, he invited me up, and they they kind of ran a, a, a feature on their website and whatnot on the race. But uh, but yeah, that's um that that's kind of uh, you know pre I guess pre gravel. It is, yeah, know, but, exactly. But it, but yep. but it would probably qualify. But uh, but but it doesn't have that hike a bike. So I I, don't, right. I did it that, on a mountain bike. That um, was brutal. That hike a bike. And, and yeah, it, it was, it was definitely brutal. It's a fun race. Um, I, I should actually look at the dates because I might, I, I might be up for that. So yeah, yeah. I'm a, a couple, a couple of my friends do it. Um, it is, it is a very, very difficult, you know, you've done it. It's even the, the hike bike is extremely difficult, but the, the course overall is very challenging. I mean, it just seems like that and it's like, where, oh yeah, the climbs. The the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, the climbs are ridiculous. I I mean, uh, the there there's, uh, man, I, I I lost track, but there was like a, a dirt climb, and there was like a descent, and then there was um you know a road climb that that really went up for a while, and then there was the crazy descent, um you know that that on a road bike you could easily hit over sixty. Um, and then, then I, I, I do remember the last probably 10 or 15 miles was just, it, it was like up and down, up and down. Constantly. Yeah. It's the la- exactly. It's like on a, kind of like, like a gra- like a, like a gravel road more or less. Um, like, la- yeah, just like relentless. You're like mile 55 and you're like, where are the downhills? I need some, da- <laughs> it's just yeah. like, I think, you know, the, it just, yeah, it's relentless. The climbs, you know, none of them are really long. It's just that they're, they're, they keep on coming at you all day long. And at the end, your legs are so sap, you almost can't pedal. Yeah. Um, so if, if, if uh, you know, if I decide to do that, I'm probably going to have to keep on training through September because that's a very tough race. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much about that's, – that's, I'll look at the calendar because there's obviously – now the gravel's just exploded just so – just recently, just in the last – two or three years, there's so many new things on the calendar that I just have to kind of look at the calendar, talk to some people I know that do more gravel and get some, some recommendations from them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, um, well, I guess we probably have some gravel races down here. I don't, I, I don't really follow it that much, but, uh, but I'll have to look at the iron cross. I might, uh, I might be able to sneak up there for that. Um, you know, might be worth, worth, worth checking out. Um, cross races for me, probably not going to happen. Although I do have a cross race that's like five, 
five blocks from my oh, house. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so, so you were down for, for uh, uh, the World Championships. There's actually another park. So there's, there's the, the, uh, the Libby Hill Park that had the cobbled climb. Well, there's a park that's probably a quarter of a mile um, away from that. And, uh, and that's, that's also, uh, it doesn't have a cobble climb, but it's got some, some steps and there's a, there's a cross festival here. So, oh, wow. Nice. um, I've done that race once and, you know, every year I'm like, yeah, you know, I should go back, but yeah, it's the weekend and just trying to get over there. But, but I don't know, I might go over there and do that. Might do some trail races. Honestly, if I don't have a clear goal in the fall. You know, it's it's kind of like I'll do some racing, but you know, this fall is different. Last fall, I I, I focused on a trail running series, and um and and that kind of really kept kept my focus, and, and I think that's that that's kind of where a lot of athletes, uh, you, you know, kind of lose it. It's it's you know, it's fine to compete in the fall, but it's like you you've either got to decide, okay, I want to compete. And I want to, you know, do well in something. And, and, and from that, you've got to kind of build the fall around that. Or you can say, well, you know, I just want to take a bunch of time off. I don't want to do anything. I, I generally don't recommend that. Because <laughs> 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 the falls are a really good time. It's like, you know, you know the weather is still pretty good. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of training that you can do in the fall that I think a lot of people miss out on because they're, they're, they're just so hell bent and having an off season. Um, but, uh, but then you, you, you can also do some races and, and I, I always like to do races just because, you, you know, there are some fun races out there and you don't have to be so performance focused. Uh, you know, so for me kind of looking ahead to next season, that, that that's always what my fall is, is my fall right. is, uh, you know, where do I want to be next season? How does the fall fit in with that? And in, in, in last fall, I said, you know, I really want to try to improve my running. My running is, is uh, it's, it's not my weakest link. I mean, swimming is really it for me for, you know, for Xterra. But, but, but running is, um, you know, it, that's make or break in the race. And, right. and so I, I said, well, how do I want to improve that? Well, I want to re really focus on running and run training. Well, just trying to train through the fall kind of sucks. So I signed up for a race series, and, and that kind of kept me on target with my running. Uh, this fall, you, you know, I realized that, you know, my mountain biking skills are not uh, as good as they could be. And so it, what I really want to focus on is, is maybe trying to hit a couple mountain bike races. Anything that's technical uh, that is going to really – challenge my mountain biking skills and kind of looking into next season, uh, you know, maybe make another run at nationals, uh, but kind of winding things down, uh, you know, for, from an exterior standpoint and maybe looking ahead to uh, half Ironman. Um, oh, wow. And, and so, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm not the type of person, I'm like not saying, hey, I want to do an Ironman. I have no desire to do an Ironman. I, I, I don't have that kind of time to train. There's a half Ironman in Maryland, in Maryland, uh, called Savage Man, and so it's 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 got like nine thousand feet of climbing. Um, it's it's got a, a you know a swim that's only like a, a mile, so it's like one one point two miles. Uh, but the bike is is really hard, and it's got this like thirty percent grade 
short hill at the end of it. And so Whoa. a lot of people fall over on it. Thirty <laughs> percent? Yeah, I'm That's, not I'm not sure. It's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like the steepest hill on the east coast or something some some crazy thing and it's like uh you know it's all bumpy and and, and so i'm like you know that's the kind of half iron man i want to do i want, I want to do something right. that's going to be really crazy challenging uh you know and then the half marathon part is it's it's on some gravel paths and you know whatever oh, wow. else um but but the bike i find really intriguing and, so is that is that a off-road triathlon or a regular triathlon? No, it's a regular triathlon. Okay, it's a okay. road triathlon. Road, right. Um, but it's it's uh it's out in like Western Maryland. Um, right. So so it it it, it goes up a, a a mountain and it's got a really fast, uh, you, you know they say it's a wide road so it, it's a fast descent, uh, but it's it's a lot of climbing. And it's just something that, you know, I can say, okay, well, you know, I can focus on some Xterra stuff until mid-June. And then I can totally change my training and, and, and focus on this race in mid-September. And it gives me a different focus for, for a goal. And it's, it, right. it's and a of, new challenge. Um, yeah. And, of course, Xterra training goes right into that because it's, I mean, right? Yeah, so 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 a lot of the training I do is is uh, you know it's more going to be like base training, um, but but I come out of that and I can take a break and then I can start adding on miles on the road bike and and spend more time on uh, in the you know in the time trial position and and, right. and and do things. So so that that you know that for me is what what I like to do and and uh, you know I'm at an age and I, I'm at a point in my life where you know I've kind of done all the you know all the racing kind of stuff and, and you know i was really lucky this year to have some some really great results but it's just like i don't, I don't want to hang on to next era for like the next 10 years um, right exactly and and so uh you know it's like well what can i do that's going to keep me interested in what is is going to kind of be a challenge um but that i could do well in and and, and so i don't want to do like uh you, you, you know some half in in florida or I just don't want to do like the basic stuff, you know. It's just like, hey, let, let's do this because right. this is really challenging. And they limit it to only a hundred people because oh, wow. the course is so challenging and the cutoff times are real tight. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. right. So, exactly. so that that's what I'm tentatively planning. And and uh, you, you know, to kind of bring this back around to you know the fall and 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 having people think about what they want to do for training, I, I think it's really important for people to to not get in, um, you know, that, that rut, especially if you've had a big goal and you've accomplished it, uh, you know, try to change things up at least for a season, try to focus on something different, uh, that is going to keep you moving forward, uh, just to keep you motivated because we often talk about motivation, but you know, that, that term motivation gets misused because you, you, you're not motivated to train every day. I, I, I don't know anybody that's motivated. I'm, I, I'm not motivated to train a lot of days. Um, that's more discipline. But the motivation comes from, you know, is this interesting to me? Is it worth me being disciplined to actually right. do something? And, right, and, right. And, and, and so just trying to find something. And, and, and I think for cycling, uh, you, you know, and I'm sure you can speak to this, but, but for cycling, it's easier because there, there's a lot of diversity there of events. Uh, in in triathlon, there's not. 
Um, in Xterra, there is, but the problem with Xterra in, on the East Coast is that there, there aren't any racists. You know, and that's really where kind of my, uh, I don't want to say my burnout, but my frustration with the sport is like, you know, do I want to spend six hours in the car driving every race? Right, exactly. You know, so, right. so with cycling, you can find that. And, and uh, yeah, you know, I think gravel races offer that. So it, it, you know, I might do some gravel races next year too, just, just do some, some different things. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. And, and so this time of year is when I start planning because school year's starting, got, got a lot of stuff going on. And, and so I've got I've to find a way to kind of keep my mind on training if I can't keep my body <laughs> training. Right. Right, right. Exactly. Well, the mind is, you know, we all know that's, that's not, uh, not something you can neglect. It's super important for a successful athlete. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what else is, uh, you know, what else is happening in the fall? Is anything, uh, you're, you got any other plans or what are you looking at for the fall? Uh, you mean as, as far as uh, training goes? Yeah, training, coaching, anything? Um. No, not really. I think the main, you know, just main, just trying to get out on my mountain bike more. I really enjoy mountain biking, but I don't uh, do it a whole lot during the season. So that's really what I try try to try to get out on the mountain bike more in the, in the fall. Um, so that's really that's really about it. As far as as far as you know, things I'm thinking about, and 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 also riding. As far as riding more gravel, even if I don't get to a lot of gravel events, trying to trying to find some, some gravel riding to do, just, just to get out there. And, uh, of course, where I live, it's difficult because I'm not near many gravel roads or trails. So uh, that poses a big challenge. Everything involves getting in the car. Um, so that, that's a big part of the challenge is finding the time to do all that. But, yeah, I think those are, those are the things, trying to spend more time on the gravel bike and the mountain bike and uh, not just – being not uh, staring at the power meter all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for another One More Mile podcast. If you like the podcast, please support us by writing a review on iTunes because those reviews really improve our ranking and they help us gain funding for the show. If you'd also like to donate, you can head on over to www.go. 1mm.com. Again, that's www.go1mm.com. Our blog is there. We're going to be putting up some articles in the fall, but you can also hit the donate button. Every donation and email we receive is entered into our monthly Rudy Project drawing, so you're going to want to get in on that. And speaking of email, if you have questions or comments about the show, email us at go1moremile at gmail.com. That's Go one more mile at gmail.com. Remember, folks, always go one more mile.
All right, well, once again, I want to thank my co-host, Hannah Getz, uh, for, for kind of filling in that chair, and thank our guest today, Dr. Tom Swenson, for coming on and discussing the show, as well as all of the listeners, subscribers out there. Really appreciate it. Again, uh, show is going to be a little bit of a work in progress as we move forward, just because we launched... I think a little bit uh, sooner than than I anticipated, but I wanted to get out there. I wanted to 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 really get going with this. Uh, as always, folks, if you have questions, you can email us new email at go one more mile at gmail.com. That's go one more mile at gmail.com. You can also head on over to the website, new website, although the actual website looks about the same. Uh, go1mm.com. Again, that's G-O, the number one, mm.com. That'll be the new website. Head on over there, donate. We would love to get the donations. It would really help us out. Uh, the, the cost of the podcast is definitely going to go up. Production costs, development costs, got to get some new software. So I'd appreciate any donations. You can head on over there, hit the donate button. In the next few months, we're going to be working on a new website, and we're going to release that as well. Uh, and then finally, I want to invite you, thanks to one of my longtime sponsors, Rudy Project. Head on over to www.e-rudy.com. There you can check out all the great deals during the Tour de France. But also, another great deal, if you write us a review on iTunes, screenshot it and email me. Okay, we want to get... Uh, iTunes reviews, very important to move up the rankings, but uh, write us a review on iTunes, screenshot it, email us at go one more mile at gmail.com, and what you'll do is be entered to win a Rudy Project voucher. This voucher is worth approximately $200. I say approximate because they've got some awesome glasses to choose from. They've got some helmets, they've got some team kit, they've got bags. But basically, you win the voucher, you're going to get to pick one of these. And if you order anything else, you'll get a huge 60% discount on it. So you'll want to enter to win for sure. And I want to let everybody know that we will have another show probably coming out next week. I'm going to be heading out on vacation, so my internet's going to be a little spotty. But we're going to try to do some more tour coverage and... We have an interview with Dr. Kevin Sprouse. Now, if you've been following Velo News or you've been following Cycling News, you know that that, that Lawson Craddock from Team EF uh, broke his shoulder blade. Well, Dr. Krause works with the team, and through uh, re- really coincidence, a good friend of mine and former PT really put me in contact with him. And Dr. Krause is going to come on and talk to us about really uh, rider management during the Tour de France, so you want to check that out and finally i want to give a huge shout out to angelo gianni from formerly treadmill track star i i I think he's officially retired uh but i want to thank angelo for offering up the music for this show we're going to be featuring a lot of the tracks that treadmill track star has done over the years and we're going to find the one that we love best but uh, if you're interested in the music of this show, head on over to Spotify and you can find Treadmill Trackstar, just like it sounds. The song featured on today's show is called Reunion. And just remember, folks, always just go one more mile. Later.